We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Pepsi, Indeed, and Bet Online. My name, of course, is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, a man who's currently playing Madden, just to let you know how much he all he cares about you all. Former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. <laughs> Calling you out. What's up, dude? Uh, nothing. Just kind of dealing with my daughter crying in the background right now. And I don't know why my wife didn't shut the door on the way out. But hey, man, that, going great. everybody you knows know. that you are a family man, bro. <laughs> everybody you know, knows around the uh, Crocker household. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, it's it adds to the authenticity and the genuineness. I don't even know if that's a real word. Genuineness of the strike and gold experience. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. I think the uh, I think the crying daughter in the background is it's just uh, you know it reminds us that right now during these times it's all about family. It's all about family and, and all about your daughter spilling her cereal that she made for herself just now. Oh, so there was she had she had like pride in it. Yeah, you know, made it herself and then spilled it all over the place. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's just a part of life. Right. You know, that's a part of life. But I mean, it is what it is. It's it's all good. But like like we said, we don't. Hey, if you guys haven't caught on now, we don't edit things out. We don't pretend to have like this perfectly polished, clean product. Like Crocker's little girl spilled cereal in the background, and that's what you're gonna hear. It is what it is. You know, we don't. I don't want. I don't want to change things just just to make this seem like something it isn't. That's crazy. Right. Nah, man. We're for the people. Right, right. That, that's, that's all it is out here. But anyway, speaking of people, uh, the 49ers still exist. Obviously, we haven't been on here in a little bit. We, our last episode was the Striking Gold 100, which went awesome. We did it live on uh, StreamYard, I think it is. That was our first time doing that. Had a bunch of people run through there, say what's up, ask questions. Um, if you haven't listened to that or watched that, make sure you check it out because we, we talked about a ton of stuff. And it was really cool. It was really cool to get to that point. Um, but doing the video thing was fun. I was definitely, it's definitely something that we're going to have to, uh, have to do more often. You know, obviously it can't be too often. Otherwise it loses its luster, but 
definitely something we'll have to do again. It was yeah. it was fun. I enjoyed it. But so obviously things have been going not a whole lot in 49ers land. They had their their bye week this week, and now they are practicing to face the Rams coming off, like I said, their bye week. So I mean, they got a little healthier. I believe the 49ers are expecting they they did activate Raheem Mostert's practice window along with Jeff Wilson. I think they're expecting to have Debo Samuel back. Uh, Richard Sherman was kind of the plan, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I, I have, we haven't gotten an update from Kyle Shanahan as to Richard Sherman's status. I know the initial hope was to have him back right now, but that doesn't seem like that's happening. But just to give you just to give you a in case you had forgotten, let me count. I'll just count them. I was going to read all the names of the people on injured reserve right now, but I think that's probably a little little. Too much. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 players on injured reserve. And I think the last time I checked, it was roughly $100 million in salary cap. Which is, how many? How much are you allowed? $150 million? Oh, no, that's definitely not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Top 51 of the 49ers right now is $178 million. So over half, well over half of the 49ers salary cap right now is dedicated towards players on injured reserve. I mean, damn. Yeah, that's like, not that ain't good, man. That is not good. <laughs> but just to just to jump right into it, and, and I was gonna go through do do some more of like, you know, I guess you could say the the housekeeping news. Uh, but you mentioned something before we hopped on here and clicked the live button. That and I think it relates to what I just said. That you've been seeing a lot of Kyle Shanahan flack on social media, as far as his his share of the blame in this whole process. Now, what I mean, just explain that. What's going on? What are people talking about? What's the deal? Well, they're they're basically saying that you know it's like, hey, 49ers is doing bad, and Kyle Shanahan is not above criticism. Basically, which we, I mean, we know that, but I think they're looking at it from a standpoint of like, hey, you know, 49ers aren't doing very well and he should get some of the blame. Well, and, and my first initial question was after I just said like, okay, if, if you say so, but what about the 49ers current situation would you blame on Kyle Shanahan? What well, is... That, that's an awesome question. Um, if if I had to guess, I would assume the fact that, you know, he uh, isn't winning. I mean, I think that's the only thing that you can really just, you know, just that part of it. Just the fact that the 49ers aren't winning right now. And I think I've seen a lot of stuff like, well, well, you know, everybody says he doesn't need a great quarterback to win. And if that's the case, you know, he should be winning right now without having Garoppolo. You know, I, I think I see a lot of kind of that going on. Right. Well, it's like it's kind of what what I talked about a couple pods ago when I was when we were talking about how if someone came up and told me, you know, with my middle school football team, if I took over, if I you know, for before the next game, I had to take out over half the players and make sure it's my better half of players. And then they were like, well, you need to go win. And if you don't win, then I don't know what the hell you're doing. You suck at your job. Right. You know, I would just laugh at them. I would just laugh in their face. So it's, it, to me, it's like, are there, what, like, it's it's unprecedented how many injuries the 49ers have sustained. I'm not saying it's an it's NFL not like record. It's one guy, right? Like, I mean, there, there are things, you know, even last year. Last year, the 49ers dealt with a good amount of injuries. But for the most part, most of the core group of players were together, right? One, you had your quarterback, your starting quarterback. And, you know, I, there's a lot going on around, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and, kind of who he is or what he is right now. But one thing is for certain, and Kyle Shanahan has said it as well, 49ers are better with him than without him, right? And he's a very competent quarterback. Now, how far you can go with him, that's a totally different subject. But, I mean, we know how far. But, you know, just winning it all, can he be the reason? I'd say no. So it's like, can you get better than him? Probably. I think it was Matt, Matt Barrows 
or Mayoko who said, I think Barrows, was like, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that could have done what Garoppolo did last year. And I agree. Not Now, you can't just be sorry, but I think, you know, if you're an average NFL quarterback, you could have done what he did like last year. They, they There wasn't a lot that was on his plate from a game-to-game basis, you know, from that standpoint. So, you know, looking at it now, it's not only is he does he not have, you know, his uh, guys or his quarterback, he's missing key players consistently, you know. Like he's had to play numerous amount of games without Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, Ayuk has missed a couple games. Kendrick Bourne missed a game. Like, you know, he missed his left tackle. Like he's missing guys. Uh, 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 Jeff Wilson like had to miss some time. Like it's, I think it's just the, how many guys he's missing and how many games they're missing. It's not like well, you know, is one game where George Kittle didn't play because he had a banged up ankle, and that game happened to be a game where Kendrick Bourne missed as well. That's not the case. It's like dude, he's missing everybody. So it's like, what are your expectations of not only him but the offense as well? It's not going to run smoothly when you have to go out there and play a game with River Craft, Richie James, and whoever else started that game, you know? It's Kevin, just, Kevin White. Kevin, like, you know, like, come on, man. Like, so I see a lot of people saying, oh, everybody makes excuses for him. I think if it was an ideal situation, or I'll just say more of an ideal situation than what we've seen, and he's still losing, like, yeah, get his ass, you know? But in the situation that he's kind of been dealing with, I, I don't know anybody that would say, like, yeah, regardless of this situation, I don't care what it is, he should be winning. And, you know, that's, it's just not really realistic. That That's just my opinion. It's just a season where once you start losing all these games, you kind of just throw the whole thing away. Like, it's just, you know, and it is what it is. Well, and, and I'm not even going to be able to put this together. I mean, I'll be able to do a decent job of it. But let's say the Rams, who the 49ers are playing this week, who we all just saw on primetime do a pretty good job against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's say that I told Sean McVay, I was like, hey, man, um, for the, for the, however, for an indefinite period of time, I'm going to take Jared Goff. I'm going to take Robert Woods. I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to take Aaron Donald. I'm going to take, I mean, I don't know. I could keep going. There's probably a couple, I mean, maybe a, maybe one of his offensive linemen. They did lose one of their offensive linemen. So, and and for every one of those players, I just said, there is a an equal player that the 49ers have lost. I would venture, I, I mean, Jared Goff might be a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo, depending on a game-to-game basis. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo look a lot better than Jared Goff. I've seen Jared Goff look a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. So, you know, swatch that out. Jalen Ramsey, Richard Sherman, obviously Ramsey's much, uh, you know, he's a little better than Sherman right now. But, you know, losing your top corner, uh, you know, losing Debo Samuel. That's why I said Robert Woods, uh, you know, and the, and the Rams don't even have a George Kittle. You take him out, whoever you want to equate that to. It, and, and then you would say, like, okay, we'll go win games. And it, you could do that with every single NFL team out here. And and they would all lose games, all of them. They yeah, would, we're not they would talking all... about just replacing one guy or even two guys. We're talking about replacing all of your core guys. Right, and right now, I mean, aside from a few here, they're still. I mean, obviously, you got like Fred Warner, and there's still some core guys that are still healthy. But the 49ers are. You can you can even get on their website and go to their roster, and right now it says they only have three team captains. Because the other ones are gone. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Richard Sherman's out. You know, DeForest Buckner used to be one. He was traded, which obviously is a team decision. But you're even to the point where where captains aren't even listed there. George Kittle was a captain too, but he's not even on really the front page. Trent Williams is on there. I mean, you could scroll through the captains. The first three, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, and Mike McGlinchey, are the only ones that are healthy right now. Then you have Jimmy Garoppolo, he's out. Richard Sherman, he's out. George Kittle, he's out. Trent Williams, he's out. So even if you want to just break it down to a team captain standpoint, what is that? Five out of the eight team captains, which represents kind of the core of your team, in right. most cases, are gone. So it's I just don't understand. Like If you are going to 
and, and let me make this perfectly clear, 99.9% of the people on Twitter don't have a resume capable of, capable of knowing slash blaming somebody for an NFL problem. They're just random voices in a crowd. And to me, if you're going to come at somebody like Kyle Shanahan, who I think we've already said this too, if, if Kyle Shanahan was fired today, 25 NFL coaches would be firing their coach tomorrow because they're going to try and, and, and bring in Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Like it, it, he is considered one of the better coaches in the league and he's already proven it. He took one of the worst rosters in the NFL and turned it into, along with John Lynch, turned it into a Super Bowl contender in two and a half, three years. You can, And one of those is kind of a wash because Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL. So you could almost say he did it in two years. Now, you can't really say that because that year still had team building involved. You know, them sucking that year is what gave them Nick Bosa, stuff like that. But w- what are you going to blame on him? And and what do you think he's doing bad that another head coach would do better? That's a good question. Is, I mean, I, I don't – I just – I don't know. Because that, I wouldn't I mean, think to put any blame on them from that standpoint. I think they're competitive. I think he's doing everything that he can do to get them to be as competitive as possible. But they just don't have the guys on the field like that you need to. Like winning games in the NFL is just hard enough as it is. It's hard enough. We saw that the first year when the 49ers started 0-9. Like how hard it was to win games. And we saw how much that having a competent quarterback can change things and kind of get things heading in the right direction. But when you start taking away all that and you strip a team of their entire identity, now that people, now what I'm seeing is people starting to question just the process and now question every move that the 49ers have made when in all actuality, they've made really good moves that put made them a Super Bowl team last year. And you're not seeing that this year, but a lot of it's just because everybody that they planned on being there has been hurt. Well, yeah. and I still firmly believe that the 49ers would be just as good as they were last year if 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 most of their players were healthy. Like right, I, right. I I don't think there's some massive Super Bowl hangover drop off. 2019 was just a fluke. I don't think any of that is the case. They're just the vast, like we said, the vast majority of their core and their playmakers are hurt, and and you can't blame Kyle Shanahan for that. What do you, like I said, what could he do that another head coach wouldn't be doing in his in his shoes? Like, do you expect them to make chicken salad out of chicken shit? Like, I I don't understand why anybody out there now. Obviously, we don't want to give too much credit or credence or you know, leverage to just, you know, Twitter trolls who will pretty much just say whatever to, to get a reaction. But there's just no, I, I just don't, I, I see the same result happening to every single other NFL team. If they have the same amount of losses, it, it just, it is what it is. It's just that bad. So, you know, it, it sometimes there's not somebody that needs to be blamed. Like, right. Sometimes it's just is what it is, what the situation is. Right. This is all these guys getting hurt is nobody's fault. Like nobody messed up. I mean, sure. If you could, I mean, you could kind of twist it and say, well, if you sign guys with injury histories and they get injured, then you're kind of, you know, you're kind of asking for it. And sure. But how many of, of the people that have gotten hurt have like bona fide, horrible, Injury histories. Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, and and that was like his first major injury in the NFL. And now he's just dealing with a high ankle sprain. Richard Sherman never really had any major injuries. He, I mean, he had his Achilles injury that he came off of, but that was his first major injury in the NFL. George Kittle has, doesn't have an injury history. Trent Williams, that I know of, doesn't have a huge injury history. So it's just like, and, and and even if you're going to go that route, some of the guys that are holding it together for the 49ers are guys that have been previously injured. Right. <laughs> right. Jason Verrett out there holding it down. You know what I mean? So it's not always set in stone how these things are going to go. And it, it's just sometimes – now, if you were to make that argument about D Ford, you know, he had a lot of injuries at, in Kansas City in the 40 – you know, he coming off a great year and the, the 49ers took a chance on him. It didn't work out. I got it. Like, okay, I got it. You know, I would be able to hear you for that. 
But that's not, that does not explain what has happened to the 49ers. That's just – it's silly to try and twist and bend it to where it's somebody's fault. Look, they got they got screwed over, okay? They got hit with shitty luck. It is what it is. You don't have to sit there and kind of stew in it and, and find people to blame because it just doesn't make sense. Throw the same injury lunk at every other NFL team and they will have the exact same results, if not worse. Because Kyle Shanahan still runs a great offense, and Robert Sala has done one hell of a job. Right. So uh, yeah, Sala. They you can tell that they know how to coach. Like they're scheming things. I think when you watch the film, it's like, well, I see this guy open. I see this guy open. Defensively, it's like, man, they're making teams have to work for it. But it's just what it is. I mean, you don't have it is what it good is. Players on the field, and I've seen a lot of that. Like people pushing some um, agenda of. Well, uh, Robert Sala's doing his part. Like, you know, he's out coaching uh, Kyle Shanahan. He's the best coach. On, and it's like, dude, like, Kyle Shanahan doesn't have the most – like, there's no position more important than the quarterback. And okay. Kyle Shanahan's quarterback that, you know, that's his guy. One, he's, you know, kind of up and down. Two, he's, he's hurt too. Right. Right. It goes, I mean, <laughs> it goes on and on. And I hadn't, and I hadn't even really covered all of this yet. You know, we hadn't even got into it because hold on, let's, let's, let's get a word in from our sponsors and we'll come back and we'll talk this because we got, in addition to the injuries, we've got a whole nother group of, of folk who are, you know, it's a whole other problem. So let's, let's touch on our, our Indeeds on our Pepsis. And, um, and we'll get right back here because 2020 has already reshaped how we work. And it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. According to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners at Striking Gold a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, it's made for football watching. All right. So, obviously we're talking injuries. And the fact that there's really no club in the NFL that could overcome the situation that the 49ers have have come up against. Now, kind of like a recent news sort of thing. In addition to... The 49ers, injured reserve, and players that are out. You also have a pretty rapidly growing reserve COVID-19 list that currently features Brandon Ayuk, Eric Armstead, Hronis Grasu, backup center, DJ Jones, Javon Kinlaw, Joe Walker, Trent Williams, and Jordan Willis. And practice squad tight end Daniel Helm. Now, of the of that group, Trent Williams is the most noteworthy one. One, because he's their starting left tackle. And two, is because it was um, reported, I believe today, could have been yesterday. Uh, and by yesterday, I mean Monday, 
that he had officially tested positive for COVID-19 and he was considered at risk just because he was a cancer survivor. I'm assuming that's because of the things your body has to endure um, through therapy to overcome cancer. I, I, I don't know what else comes along with that. I'm not going to act like I know. Um, but I know him having COVID-19 and overcoming cancer made him at risk. Um, he said that he is feeling fine and that, you know, he plans to, to get through it without an issue. But, you know, that is noteworthy. I don't know of outside of Trent Williams. We don't really know if anyone in that group has tested positive or was just considered a close contact of somebody that had tested positive. Um, but I mean, that's a pretty significant group. Um, the one thing that I probably should have dug up was kind of the date that they all went on the list and when they could come off of it. But in order to come off the list, I believe you have to have two or three consecutive negative tests. So any of them could come off it at any point. We'll see as the week goes on who will or will not be available. I believe it's already confirmed that Trent Williams, given he tested positive, won't be playing against the Rams. But I don't believe that has been said for anybody else on this list. So we'll have to kind of keep our eyes on that and see what will become of those players. Um, but, I mean, the baseline is hopefully they're all healthy. Hopefully they're all doing okay. Um, but, you know, something else. And that is in addition to their injured reserve list. And what's crazy, if you go to overthecap.com, usually the teams will have 51 names. That's That's what attributes to the salary cap. It's the top 51 contracts on your team. And what's funny is the 49ers don't even have 51 players to include on there. They have a top 41 because the rest of their players are on injured reserve, which is that's just not normal. That means the 49ers, when an NFL team is allowed to include 51 contracts and they're allowed to go into game day with however many the active number is now, the 49ers don't even have enough players to meet that limit. There is even a number, I don't know the name of it. I think Matt Barrows tweeted about it. There's even a point where the 49ers would be considered like an incomplete football team. And I don't even know what the process I is. Think it was that. At, like uh, when you only have like 43 guys like available. <laughs> and the, I mean, and the 49ers are, are pushing that. Right. They have 41. Uh, uh, you know, attributing to the contracts. So I'm just looking through this scene. You know, they do have guys on the practice squad that obviously they can elevate up. But, man, I mean, that should tell you the 49ers are actually pushing the boundaries of what you, the number of players you are required to have in order to be considered, you know, a complete NFL team. Now, obviously, if they were getting to that point, they wouldn't just sink. They would sign other players to make sure their roster was complete. But they only have $3.5 million in salary cap right now. So they don't have a lot of money to throw around to sign players to even make their roster complete. So, I mean, you combine all these things, and it should just kind of paint a picture of how unique, how uncommon, how desperate, and just how uh, kind of unparalleled the situation the 49ers are in. Like, and none of this... Like, none of this process needs to include someone to blame. It just sucks ass. It is what it is. You know, it's like it's like blaming somebody for an earthquake. Like, it's nobody's fault. We just live on Earth. Shit happens. You know, it's like, it's like you know, you chose to live in an earthquake town. An earthquake happened. We're playing football. Injuries happened. Like, it, it, there's just, it's just to me, is that simple. It's, yeah. There's no one to blame for this mess. It, it is what it is. It's a product of the game and really, really, really crappy luck. But I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that, you know, it's a frustrating season. It's not fun to watch. It, it, you know, it frustrates a lot of people out there. I understand that. But, there's no, it's sometimes it's just not anybody's fault. You kind of just have to realize it sucks and it is what it is, you know, not to, uh, to dampen the mood even further, but K1 Williams, the 49ers starting nickel corner, who's currently on injured reserve recovering from a high ankle sprain. 
he recently, or today, as of today, was suspended for two games for, I think they said it was performance-enhancing stuff, right? I mean, I don't know the exact wording of it now because they keep changing what stuff is considered stuff. But not a huge loss for the 49ers because K1 Williams was already out. What it is significant about it is if he were to get caught again, I think that grows to like it either grows to four or six game suspension. Um, according to kind of the list of, you know, I, I guess the tiers of those suspensions, the two game suspension is given out to those who um, test or tested. I mean, testing positive is obviously a weird way to word it at this point, but. Um, those who have tested positive for the first time. So this is the first time K1 Williams has gotten in trouble. So he got a two-game suspension. Now, like I said, he's actually not on injured reserve because the 49ers don't need to put him on injured reserve because they don't have any roster spots they need to free up and they don't have any money to sign players. So he's still technically on the active roster, but he was recovering from a high ankle sprain. And the two-game suspension doesn't hurt the 49ers at all. He was already out. Um, but it's just a matter. It's just another thing. Just another thing to add to the list. Why not? Why not? Just let that happen too. Uh, Jamar Taylor has been playing in his place, who, for all intents and purposes, have has been decent. Probably leads the team in interceptions, right? I, would, I mean, I would guess. I mean, he had two in one game, but right. Uh, and then that was all it took. Boom. We're we're in the front. Yeah. Not a lot of not a lot of turnovers to be had right now, but I mean, he's been decent. I don't know how that, you know, I obviously don't know how that plays out on a snap-to-snap basis. I haven't broken down the Jamar Taylor film, but at least you know they've got somebody there. Another thing they did do was they waived linebacker Kinko Alonso with a failed physical, and that was pretty much always the plan from the 49ers' perspective. Trading, Trading Quan Alexander was purely about his contract. And how much he was due to make for the rest of this year. How much he was due to make next year. Freeing up that money because the 49ers are so tight against the cap. And the fact that Quan Alexander you know, was kind of slugging through some injuries. But he's back on the field for the Saints. Um, so Kiko Alonso being included in that deal was never to replace Quan Alexander. That was just kind of procedural. Like the Saints didn't really want him anymore. So they included him in the trade. The 49ers got a fifth round pick. As part of the process, conditional, but Quan Alexander is already on the field, so I, we don't know what the necessarily the condition of that trade was. But Kiko Alonso was never really in the 49ers' plans. Right. He was he was hurt when they acquired him, so it wasn't wasn't a huge deal. Um, what else do we got here? I mean, talk to me about what you saw, Crocker, from the Rams against the Bucks. I mean, we I mean that technically, I guess we need to preview Sunday's matchup because we're not going to be on here. Every, today, or just to kind of open you up to our process, and I'll repeat the question, Croc, but today's Tuesday. This episode should come out at some point Wednesday. And then obviously Thursday is for many of you. It's Thanksgiving. And then Friday. We never really record on Fridays because apparently from the higher-ups, podcast numbers aren't great on the weekends. So we don't really record on Friday for something to be published Saturday. So today was really the last day to record unless we were going to be asking somebody to work on Thanksgiving. And we also didn't we were also told that you know people don't listen to podcasts very much on holidays, which I guess makes sense. So today was really like our our one and only this day this week where it makes sense to pod. So we're going to give everybody that, you know, edits our episodes above us and stuff like that a break for the week. So this will be our episode for the week. And the reason I'm telling you guys that is because obviously we need a preview the 49ers and the Rams game. Not that there's necessarily a lot that needs to be previewed, but I don't know. Crocker, just tell me, what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts on the 49ers versus the Rams? Well, I mean, obviously, familiar foes. You know, clearly, 49ers won the first matchup. Now, it was a little different. You did Made have it look Jimmy, easy. Yeah, and, you know, but you did have Jimmy Garoppolo out there. Now, with – here's the thing. With what Kyle had Jimmy do, I wasn't – Actually, really impressed from the standpoint of like, oh man, like great game by Jimmy. I think he did a good job of just kind of like executing everything. Um, but that wasn't like it wasn't like Kyle asked him to do a, a whole lot, you know, that game. So 
But you still, with Nick Mullins, Nick's, Nick Mullins definitely hasn't been anywhere near efficient, as efficient as we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, that game. So um, this game, you just have to hope. I mean, the biggest thing, what I say last week, like, okay, uh, can't can't turn the ball over Nick Mullins, who's kind of been a turnover uh, monster, right? Like, that, that's what he does. He turns the ball over a ton. Anything he did it again last game, uh, you know, I was watching the game against uh, their, you know, their the Rams last game, and what what did they do? They they forced a ton of turnovers against Tom Brady. Like, you you just can't have that because I think that ultimately, like, that's what that's what helped them. What am I trying to say? Like that, you know, that just helped them win the game. Like it, it made it a whole lot easier and made it so you can't really compete. And when you start doing that in the defensive pass rush starts pinning their ears back, you're just going to be in trouble. So Nick Mullins, hopefully they figure out a way to kind of take a little bit of pressure off of him. Um, that's something that we haven't seen Kyle be good at. But And when I say Kyle good at, I mean, this just hasn't been something that's worked, but they just got to figure that out. Right. And it, it really is just, especially with Trent Williams missing the game uh, for the COVID stuff. I mean, it, it just seems like a perfect storm for the Rams as far as the condition the 49ers are in, the amount of players on injured reserve, how everybody's playing that is in the game. There's not a whole lot of impressive stuff going on with the 49ers right now. I mean, you do have your standout player that's here and there, but it, it, you know, it, it just seems like one of those things. Now, if you're going to, Obviously, you still have to talk about the game in a serious way, I guess. You know, you got to you gotta find something. But what really stood out to me against when the Rams played the Buccaneers on Monday night was just how in sync the, the Rams' passing attack was. Like, both – okay, between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you got a total of 23 receptions for 275 yards and a touchdown. Between those two players, that was if you look at their passing numbers, those two guys attributed for like ninety percent. So I mean, I don't. I'm, obviously, it kind of narrows it down as far as who you want to stop. But at the same time, both of those guys are very, very talented players. And Jared Goff was just dealing. He threw thirty, he threw fifty-one passes and completed thirty-nine of them, seventy-six percent for three hundred and seventy-six yards. Now he did turn the ball over twice, which is you know, Jared Goffish, uh, but he did score three touchdowns. Now, a quick little funny story here, fantasy football story. Going into that Monday night game, I was up by 43 points after Travis Kelsey put up big numbers on Sunday night. So I was up by 43 points, and I was pretty much like, okay, I've got this in the bag. All he had, that guy that I was playing against, my good friend Bobby, he had Cooper Cup, and in the first half of the Rams and Buccaneers game on Monday night, Cooper Cup had like 22 points. I believe he'd already had like 10 catches for 109 yards or something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And and I am 8-3 and three in this league. I'm competing right now for playoff seeding. I've got a shot at winning it all. I'm competing, yeah, I'm competing for, you know, to lead the division and, you know, get a first round by all this fancy, fancy, fantasy football talk. But I, I just, I'm watching the game and I'm like, dude, they just keep feeding the ball to Cooper Cup. And what's funny is when I made a comment to my buddy Bobby about it, I was like, dude, if he repeats that half in the second half, you're going to win. And Bobby sent back a joke saying, basically was like, eh, he'll just end up with like, 23 points. And what's funny is that's almost what happened. He didn't end up with 23 points. I think he ended up with like 27. And like I said, I was up by like 43. But it it was just such a dominant first half by Cooper Cup. And I was just blown away by it from both a regular football standpoint and a fantasy football standpoint. But um, so he, you know, despite my 43-point league, I was still working up a little bit of a sweat there. But... The Rams were just humming, and their rushing offense was nothing. They Their entire rushing offense only averaged 1.9 yards per carry. 
their two leading running backs attributed for eight carries for 35 yards. There was not a lot going on there. So you know that the Rams' offense is becoming fairly one-sided. And the 49ers are pretty good against the run. So you know it's going to be the Cooper Cup and Robert Woods show, probably, again. Or at least the Rams are going to want it to be. So if the 49ers, who are still playing well on defense, want to have want to have a shot there, they're going to have to get after Jared Goff, which they're not very good at doing right now because they don't have anybody generating a ton of pressure. And they're going to have to close down Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Now, obviously, much easier said than done. Now, on offense, though, from a 49ers perspective, there's just not a lot to talk about right now. We don't know if Raheem Mostert's playing. We don't know if Jeff Wilson's playing. I don't even know if Brandon Ayuk's playing. We'll see if he comes off the COVID list. I'm assuming he will. Debo Samuel's back at practice. I think the 49ers expect to get him back for the game, but that hasn't been officially announced yet. Nick Mullins is playing pretty bad football. Turned over the ball twice against the Saints. Probably should have been four turnovers. It's just, I mean, there's just no way to sugarcoat this into thinking that the 49ers are somehow going to dominate the Rams like they did in their first meeting, where, like Crocker said, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of just managed the hell out of that game and let Kyle Shanahan basically tell him where to throw the ball. You know, the crazy thing is that this is the tone that we had about that first meeting, if you remember. Remember that? Where we it did. Like, it's true. We had the same tone, and I'm not saying we'll get the same results, but I do remember having that same tone. Like, oh man, like 49ers were just coming off of like back to back games where you know it just did not look good, and then it's like here we are again in a very similar situation, and you know we're hoping obviously for you know a different outcome, but yeah, I do, I do remember that. Like, I do remember having that same type of vibe. Well, yeah, and we had basically said, like, look, if the 49ers get the crap kicked out of them, because they hadn't had all the same, all these injuries, not well, they'd had a lot of them, not as many of them. And we're like, look, if the 49ers get the, they get the crap kicked out of them, then this is going to be a pretty grim podcast. <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're going to be at the point of no return type of deal. And then they went out and showed them up. So I don't know. I mean, different team. I'd like to compare the two rosters and see who they had and who they didn't have in that game. But – Still, I don't know. This one feels different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It, it it does. I think that was the one thing that we could like hang our hat on um, from that first meeting is uh, the fact that hey, they do they were getting kind of like healthier at that time. They were right, getting yeah. guys back, so that was the one thing where it was like, well, it can be better because when there's are getting these kind of guys back and stuff, but. It just wasn't very optimistic. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. And you guys know me. I'm always trying to be positive. But sometimes it's just like, damn. Like, we may be in for it this time. And we'll see. We'll see. The 49ers could always come out and surprise. They have been really good against the Rams the last, you know, a few times they played them last couple seasons. Um, You know, there was that one where they came down to the very end where Emmanuel Sanders made that crazy catch. Jimmy Garoppolo made that crazy throw to kind of just kick the game-winning field goal. But for the most part, it feels like their last like four or five meetings, the 49ers have kind of had, had the Rams number. But again, that was with a complete roster, a near-complete roster, a decent roster, and now the 49ers are down to a bad roster of remaining players. So yeah, we'll see what they can maintain when it comes to 49ers versus the Rams. I just – I don't know. <laughs> You know, I keep wanting to say this is the one where, you know, it all catches up to him. But like I said, maybe the 49ers have got some surprises for the Rams. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. And another another, more positive news. I guess we'll end on some positive news. Contavious Street was not fined for his sack of Drew Brees. What a surprise. It was almost like it was a perfectly legal and acceptable sack. I wish they could go back in time and pick up the flag. Not that that had any influence in the overall result of the game, but it was yeah, just disappointing. I mean, you know, it, it was a big game. It was a big play. And, I mean, just for you know somebody like him, that's, I mean, does he have a sack this year? I think that was his first NFL sack. Wow. See, maybe, so, maybe, know. maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I'll look. I'm looking right now. But it was just, I mean, to me, it was just such a – 
it was such a like yeah that would that would have yeah that would have been his first NFL sack wow but they took it away from him because of a shitty call. And what's funny too is you watch, if you go back and watch that, unless I missed another flag, the ref kind of just walks up and talks about it with another ref, and then he just kind of drops the flag on the ground. Yeah, it wasn't something that they called immediately. Yeah, it was. It was horrible, and, and it was almost like they waited to see the reaction of Drew Brees, who, like, I remember telling the homies, I was like, "Damn, it looked like he like." Is ready to kind of like pass out or something, <laughs> you know? Like that's yeah. what it looked like, and I just thought he was doing that to draw a flag, especially since he came back in and played the rest of the half. But really, he was he was really hurt. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was really hurt, and and that's the thing to me is like they and you hit the nail on the head. They literally walked up, saw that Drew Brees was hurt, and then dropped the flag on the ground. Like, oh, he's hurt, so it must have been an illegal hit. Boom! Here's your flag. And he did, and it, like, just like you said, he did drop it on the ground. Like, it wasn't something like, oh, he got right hit next to his foot. I'm 10 yards back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it, you know, throw the flag, you know, way up by where it happened. It was like the ref waited, walked over, then just dropped it on the ground. Like, like um, nobody will see me drop this late. <laughs> I know. I know. Like when you were a little kid and you used to, like, litter before you realized it was just <laughs> a crappy thing to do. Yeah. And you just, like, drop it. Like, you're like, no one will see that. Like, you're like, oh, man, what's up with my hair? You know? like So it was just so annoying. Like, he, he, he just kind of – he didn't even hit Breeze that hard. He came up. He hit him. And he kind of put his helmet and his shoulder pad and then just brought him to the ground. And most of his body was off of him when he landed on the ground. Then he rolled off to the left. He, like, did everything he could to adhere to all these dumbass rules they have now for NFL sacks. And he still got flagged because Drew Brees was on the ground rolling around. It's it's silly. It's silly. But, you know, at least he didn't get fined. Because, I, I mean, I'm not in any way saying that NFL players are hard up for money, but he's a fourth-round pick that's just doing his thing. He don't need to get fined, especially when he didn't do nothing wrong. And that was good to hear. But I, I just I just remember seeing that, and I made a couple comments on Twitter where I was just like, dude, like, just stop. <laughs> like, just stop doing this. <laughs> stop making football suck like this. You know, it's just it was just stupid. And obviously the injury and, and the fact that that was I don't think that hit necessarily resulted in it, but it, it ended up with with further examination. Drew Brees had like twelve broken ribs or some you know, like, yeah, and I think he, he only had like twenty four of them. <laughs> so like half of his ribs were broken, and I've heard that's incredibly painful. So he'll be out for a little bit, and you get to watch more Taysom Hill. Yay, Taysom Hill! I watched it too, and that was weird. <laughs> Yeah, it was annoying. So stupid. But anyways, I don't want to get into that again. I think that's it, man. I mean, shoot. So, again, this should come out on Wednesday. And then Thursday's Thanksgiving. And then Friday's Friday. Black Friday, heads up. I mean, obviously this year's different because they don't want a big old crowds in stores. So we all get to do some decent shopping online, check some deals, save some money. And then it'll be, uh, it's, you know, then we'll have Sunday. And the 49ers will play football. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's always weird, you know, after the bye, especially with the kind of weeks that the 49ers had with, um, you know, having a Thursday night game. And then it's like you wait a long time. Then they finally play again. And you watch them. And then all of a sudden now they got a bye week and you have to wait a long time again. And that, that whole thing was kind of weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was weird. It was a long time. As bad as the team is playing, like I still like love watching my 49ers. I still enjoy it. I still watch it with the same anticipation as, you know, any other time. I mean, now I just I don't know. Have you seen people like, oh, if you're if you're rooting for the 49ers to lose, you're not a real fan. And I don't ever lose root for them to lose, but I do kind of root for them not to win. Just make it enjoyable (laughs) to watch and like, you know, don't really win. Like, you know, right now. It's not worth it. reminds me of that season where uh, Kaepernick won that last game and, and lost the 49ers out, or second to last game, and the 49ers end up losing out on uh, uh, Miles Garrett, you know? And just, man, think about, you know, what he could have been in for the 49ers. But now, right. yeah, they're right. in that same situation again where it's like, dude, like, 
beat the Cowboys, but outside of them, it doesn't matter. <laughs> outside of them, and even they looked really impressive. Who did they just go out and beat? They beat Vikings. the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. man, they and looked Andy and, and they put of, on a game. Andy Dalton did a good job uh, helping with their comeback. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty impressive. So even the Cowboys aren't going to be no wash, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. Kyle Shannon's always got something in his bag. Right. So we'll see what they can do. But I mean, that's it for today. You got any? Uh, you got any closing thoughts before we depart for our Thanksgiving, Crocker? Ah, oh, man, just everybody. Uh, you know, just be safe and uh, wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. Uh, I told my students before we checked out. I was like, look, I don't care what you guys do. I'm not going to tell you what to do or what not to do. That's not my place. Just make sure whatever you do, do you try and be. Do do <laughs> whatever you do, uh, just try and be safe about it, and take care of yourself, and do whatever you got to do, you know. But just make sure that you realize that ham is better than turkey. So mm-hmm. if you have to choose between one or the other, pick turkey, and then you know if if you feel obligated to take some, or excuse me, pick ham. But if you feel obligated to take some turkey, then take some, you know. But like I said, just put put your ham on top of it, so maybe a little bit of the flavor rubs off or something like that. And, Make sure you give yourself plenty of gravy or whatever else you need to put on your turkey to make it edible. You know, just the normal stuff. But anyways, yeah, for reals. Just enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with family. Uh, Weird times. Enjoy, you know, your little small slice of of normalcy. Hopefully that's what you get this holiday. And uh, we will see you back here Sunday evening after the 49ers game. We'll see what we've got to talk about. But as you all know, for another evening, for another day, this is Striking Gold, signing out. Peace! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.